following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Okay, so uh, um, as we know, popularity of online shopping has exploded in the last couple of years. And there's a number of ethical issues that, that arise when you're shopping online. Some of them are relevant to regular shopping, but might be more more relevant online. So I'm going to discuss a few, focus really on one issue, but hopefully maybe we'll get to some other issues. One of the issues, one of the issues is what we call showrooming, um, which is when you go, uh, when you, you know you buy something online, you just want to go see the item in the store, check it out. So let's say you're going for an appliance, you're buying a fridge or whatever it is, mostly electronics, so you... You know, do you know you're going to buy it on Amazon, but you go to Best Buy to check it out, to look at it, to try it out, to see if you like it for and a laptop. You know you're going to buy it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're going to end up buying it online. So is that a okay. that's what That's one thing. <laughs> that's called showrooming. Right. So we, we, we all do it. He's at jury duty, mate. If he finishes the time. So that's issue number one. Yes, yeah, so we're not saying it's a problem yet. yet. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. But I'm saying... Uh, uh, then there's another issue, which is many times uh, online, especially if you subscribe to Dan's deals. You, there's sites that basically just de- they scour the internet looking for price glitches, and then they post them for everyone to to buy. Many times it happens with airlines. There's a mistake. They they post uh, you know a four hundred dollar ticket to Tel Aviv or three by mistake. It's missing two zero you know zero or something. What is that called? Price glitching. Price glitch. Is that on here? It's not on here. That's another issue. Um, and then you have many times if you really know how to shop, shop on eBay or Amazon, so you can get um, things made in China. They're basically knockoffs, copies of uh, things that are here, brand name items which are made in China, which usually a violation of licensing. Um, sometimes they'll use the same logo even. So the question is, do I have to worry about that if I'm buying things online? knowing or sometimes not knowing be, to be concerned that it's a there's a violation of licensing agreements that, that's occurring on the item that I'm buying. So those are some of the some of the ethical issues that can arise shopping online. There's, there's plenty more, but um, that's some of them. So I, so I figured I'm going to discuss that, but just I found fascinating. I started researching this thing called showrooming. So I found, uh, first of all, there's the, the explanation on Wikipedia says, the practice of examining merchandise in a traditional brick-and-mortar retail store and buying it online at a lower price. Online stores often offer lower prices than their brick-and-mortar counterparts because they do not have the same overhead costs. So that's one, that's the, that's the definition of, show, of showroom. I, re- I found a study in 2012 found 35% of U- U.S. consumers reported showrooming and of those, half were between ages of 35, 34 and 35. I think that's kind of Yes, I don't know what that, what that's supposed to say. Um, A 2013 survey polled 750 U.S. consumers, 73% of whom reported having showroom in the previous six months. So it's very common, um, this thing called showrooming, where again, you you know know the item you want to buy, you just want to, you research it online, you just want to go to the store to to get the feel for it before you actually want to buy it blind, because you buy it online, you can't touch it, you can't try the keys before, you can't actually see it, see how nice it looks. So you go to Best Buy or wherever it is to just try out the item to make sure before you purchase it online. Many times um, people buy it online in the store. They take their, uh, they have their tablet with them, 
they go in the store, they check it out, they check out the item, they like it, they just go online and buy it while they're standing in the store. So is that is there a problem with that? Just that's just to show you the effect has on retailers. Um, this was taken from an article in um, the Wall Street Journal. It said showroom can be costly to retailers, not only in terms of the loss of sale, but also due to damage caused to the store's floor samples of a product through constant examination from consumers. Showroom was said to be behind the collapse of the UK photography chain Jessup's and Target's decision to discontinue carrying the Amazon Kindle. Um, because the Amazon Kindle, many um, uh, companies have a policy that you can't undercut their MSRP. You can't sell their items less than they do. They sell at a certain place. You can't even, and that's why many times you go to a website, I always thought it was a scam. Many websites will say to, you know, you have to put, put it in your checkout card to see the price. So I always thought they just want to get you to buy it. But it's really, actually, for example, uh, Microsoft will not allow you to undercut a certain price. You can't advertise a certain price, let's say Microsoft Windows or Word or Office. You can't sell for under a certain rate. You can't advertise. You can sell it, but you can't post the price. They won't let you sell their item. That's, again, you can sell it, but you can't post the price for lower than, than a certain price. So many times, so therefore, they'll, they'll, they won't put a price. If they say you have to put it to check, once you check out, you can see the price. So some major retailers, such as Target, are attempting to battle showroom by selling products exclusive to their stores. Right? So they, um, what they do is Target says, sells things that you can't get online. Walmart is allowing customers to avoid the shipping charges online tr purchases by picking up the items in the stores. Many stores do this now. I just bought a dishwasher um, you, online and you pick it up in the store. You just buy many stores and they have, so you don't pay the shipping. Walmart has that. You just, any, any item they sell on their website, you can pick up the same day in the store. Lowe's also, also does that. I've done that with Lowe's. Um, so when you go to the store, it's, it's waiting for you by the customer service. So, same practice expanding to European countries. Some specialty fashion stores in the US and Australia have introduced a fitting fee for browsing, which is refunded in full if the customer makes a purchase. So meaning you come to the store, you want to try something on, you have to pay to try it on. If you purchase the item, you get your money back. The point is to prevent showrooming because they know you're, you're going back online, you're just trying it on, you see if it fits, then you're gonna go buy it online in some other retail. So they charge you for the fitting fee in this way, assuring that you're not gonna not going to do that. Best Buy is guaranteed to match online prices. Good list on Amazon.com. So Best Buy has a new policy for like the last year or so, which is any you can bring in any price on Amazon and they'll match it. If you show them it's the same item on Amazon, lower price, they'll match the price. Um, so these are all ways to prevent showroom because showroom is obviously becoming a major problem in the retail world. Uh, April 2013 announced to begin to lease out space to manufacturers such as Samsung so customers can view working products and then purchase them at the MSRP. Okay, so, so the question is halakhically, so there are some issues here I'd like to discuss. Don't get nervous. We'll see it's not as scary as it sounds, per se, depending on the, on the situation. But there is, there clearly is an ethical issue. So first of all, it's fascinating. There is a, there is a, there is a concept we've spoken about before, we've mentioned here in the past, um, but also in, in a few, there's two, two major concepts the Torah talks about. It's way back in Parshat Bahar. Leviticus, Vayikra, and it talks about, um, it there's two verses, not right after the other, one's verse 14, and then a few verses later, verse 17, it repeats the same language. And it's called, what's called the concept of Onah. Onah literally means um, wrong, you know, uh, I don't like to use, it's not politically correct to use the word chipping anymore. 
um, can't say that word anymore. I don't know what's the what word to use instead. To gyp someone. Gyp someone. Why can't you say gyp? Gypsy, you know. <coughs> oh. God forbid. Oh. Oh. Not heard that yet. Who God forbid. You know what I'm saying? What's with you people? <coughs> Living in Texas too long. Yeah, it's only in East Texas, West Texas. Um, okay, so 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 you're now at a wrong. So the first verse says like this: says the chitimkru mimkar lamitecha. It's talking about it clearly in a sale, in the context of a sale. You, if you're making selling something to your friend, or buying something, you cannot wrong your your fellow customer or your again whether your purchaser or the buyer. That's understood to mean, we discussed this way back when, that you cannot rip someone off, um, even, um, so to speak, if they agree, meaning if, if uh, you, you cannot charge more than a sixth of the value of an item, of the going rate. Okay, that means if it's a standard market value for an item, you can't charge more a sixth up or a sixth down, meaning if you're a, if you're a customer and you know he's making a mistake um, and it's relevant to price glitches, he's making a mistake more than a sixth lower than the going rate, you have to say something as a customer to Okay? Okay, so that's, that's one passage which we're not going to focus on just yet. The next, two verses later, three verses later, verse 17, it repeats the same language. It says... Jew to Jew, right? The first one is Jew to Jew. second one, I'm not... Uh, it does say also... See, not so simple. Okay, but it does say, it says, Lotonu ishet amito shall not wrong a man, is here I, the translation says a fellow Jew, the, uh, um, shall not wrong him. Now again, what is the same exact language as I said before. The last Pasuk, in Pasuk 14, it says, Al tonu So what's the repetition here? Okay, then the verse ends off, um, you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. Okay, so what's the repetition here? So says the Talmud, Gemara says, why are there two verses here? One is referring to actually flipping someone off in business, when I pass food, I know, they're hungry and everything. Then we pass it back. Mm-hmm. Pass it around, people are still hungry. Um, so, so there's, there's, the Gemara says, one is talking about actually monetary wronging. Like we said before, I charge you six more than the going rate. That's called onat, onat mamon. Onat means to wrong someone literally means to, to, yeah, right, to wrong someone. Mamon is ma- monetary wrong. Okay, that's verse number one. says the Talmud, what is a repeat, the same exact language, but not in the context of money? That's referring to onas dvarim. That means wronging someone with words. They are not, sti- I'm not taking any money from them, extra money. Okay, I'm not, they're not, I'm not wronging them with a sale. First context is context of a sale. Second one is words. Um, and, and what does that mean? Okay, words which cause someone anguish. That's what literally the translation of Anas Tvarim means. What does that mean? So says the Mishnah. The Mishnah translates like this. Um, I'll read it to you. Just as there, the first quote number one here on the sheet. It's a Mishnah Babu Mitzia, tractor Babu Mitzia. It says, just as there is wronging one in buying and selling, just like I could wrong someone buying and selling, I'm ripping them off, I'm charging them more than a sixth of the going rate of the item. Okay, and there's a lot of, uh, don't get nervous about that because there's a lot of exceptions. Obviously, you have a unique item. There's no going rate. There's no market value, so you can charge whatever you want. Talking about something that specifically has a market value and then everyone sells it for the same price. Okay, let's say gold or silver or things like that. Um, so one should not say to someone, how much is this item? This is the example the Gemara, the Gemara gives of wronging someone with words. 
someone goes into a store and says, how much is this item, if he does not want to buy it. If your intent is clearly not to buy the item, and you walk into a store and you say, how much is it, that's a problem, because as we're going to see, that co- can cause anguish to the shopkeeper. So we're going to discuss that in this context. In the other examples, it says, if someone was a Balchuva, someone is, is a penitent, they, they grew up, let's say, not religious, and now they're religious, Once, or they, they sinned, and now they, they repented on their sin, one should not say to them, remember, remember your past deeds, remember in the old days, we used to smoke it up together, we used to hang out in, in the fraternity, and uh, we won't say all the things we did together. Right, so that's prohibited. That's also wronging someone. That's called a nazdvar. Reminding someone of their sordid past is, is prohibited. It's biblical prohibition. Okay, listen, if the guy's talking about it, he's, he's proud of it. We're saying that any time with your words you're causing anguish to someone, that's, that's this violation. It's not related. Meaning any, any like we said, words which could cause someone anguish in any which way, not related to, ma- to money necessarily. Happens to be the context of the first one is you're dealing with money. So how much is that item and you're not going to buy it. But the anguish is not, it's not a monetary, it's not a monetary issue. <coughs> not taking any money away from him, per se. There's no commission you saw that, right? Yeah, you're not taking, you're not taking, well, it's a good point. So we're, we're going to discuss it in the context of our question. But I just want to read the Mishnah first. So again, it gives specific examples. How much is that item and you don't want to buy it? Number, example number two is someone's Balchuva. It says, one should not say to him, remember your past deeds. If someone was descended from proselytes, right, from converts. Once you not say to them, remember your forefathers, hey, they were Catholic and, you know, uh, look at, right. Right, so you don't, that's, that's also, it's not something you want to say to someone. Okay, it's interesting, just in the context, just I don't know if anyone read, there's a terrible, besides the tragedy that happened last week, obviously in Israel, the terrible thing, the Satman Rebbe, I don't know if you saw this, it's quoted as, yeah. he used this, an article, very sad um, statement, he basically, it was a private speech, but of course, today in the age of the internet, right? So he he gave it to his yeshiva. He said how he basically blamed the parents for what happened. Parents of the three kids. Yeah, he just said that they shouldn't have sent their kids to school in a oh, dangerous place. Yeah, we're right. So whatever, it was yeah, a stupid yeah. thing to say. He yeah. said it public. It became public now. It's all over the news. So so it's interesting. This mission says explicitly that don't say something like that. Um, it says the mission goes on. The Gemara goes on to say it also. Says, Don't be like um, someone who came to Job. Sama Rebbe. He's a Rebbe. Hasidic Rebbe. Yeah. He was talking to his students in yeshiva, and his his point was that you know you can't. Yeah, I'm not validating his point, but I'm saying he was making a valid point. It's just a stupid thing to say. You know, if it's going to get become public, he, he said that you know they're, they're living in the West Bank. What do you expect? These people are animals. So why would, he, why would any parents send their kids to yeshiva? There? That was a statement. <laughs> but it's just, anyway, the point is what it says here, it's also another, it's not on the sheet, but I, in the Gemara itself, it says here, that if someone goes through a tragedy, you don't say to them, well, you know, maybe this is the reason it happened. You don't uh, start saying, maybe you did this sin, maybe you did that sin. That's yeah. the worst thing, you know, when, uh, right after, I think, Katrina. So who's the big... Uh, oh, Fowell, was it? Fowell, Jerry Fowell. They all said, oh, it's because of the homosexuality uh, in, in uh, New Orleans. That's why the, you know, that's what happened. Right, so maybe it's true, maybe it's not. It's <laughs> the point is, it's a stupid thing to say. You don't say it publicly. And, you know, right, so the Gemara says it also. Meaning, listen, if tragedy happens, yeah, we have to have the, have introspection and look into why, why this happened and figure out what we did wrong. But you never tell someone in the midst of their tragedy, or maybe it's, you know, you know, if you, if you would have kept Chavez, that's why this wouldn't have happened. That's the stupidest thing. If any times rabbis make that mistake, um, not a good thing. 
And they would say the story with the, there was a guy here in Houston, he was an MD Anderson, came from Israel for treatment, very sad story, father of like five kids, he had this weird form of leukemia, so he, he told me he was writing a book about stupid things people say when they come to visit you in the hospital. Um, so he, one of the things he said, he had a rabbi in Israel come to visit him, big rabbi, and the rabbi started telling him, you know, and you, it's just the fact that you're suffering so it's a sign that God loves you and it's a, it's a beautiful thing you should feel good about it so he says when the rabbi was leaving I told, I told the rabbi I give you a blessing that God should love you as much as he loves me yeah <laughs> I went, what do you mean what do you mean <laughs> people, uh, people say the point is the Gemara is saying don't cause anguish in your words you have to be careful with your words in whatever context in business also when you're dealing in business even if it's not going to have a monetary effect if you're going to cause anguish to someone with your words, that is a biblical violation here of, of oh, what's called a nazdvar, wronging someone with words. Um, and that's what, that's what we're saying here. What's your question? What was that question? It was just a comment about, I was in a class, another class last week with someone who should have known better. We were talking about the three boys, and this woman says, well, actually, it, was, it, it really is a wonderful thing that that happened to them, because, and, and her thought was, that it brought the Jewish people together but you know how stupid and this is somebody who's prominent in the Jewish community ought to know better but it was amazing everybody sort of sat there you gotta be careful how you say things it's also the context I mean to say something you know retrospectively six months from now you're looking back and you say something that's very different than when you say in the midst of the tragedy while the parents are sitting shiva so that's you have to be careful now so so now as we're going to see this is applicable to the case of showroom in a second, but I just want to read the second. The Gemara goes on to explain um, the Mishnah. Okay, so the Mishnah quotes one case relevant to us, which is one should not say to someone, "How much is that item?" If he doesn't want to buy it. So meaning you can't go. Basically, the Mishnah is saying you can't go into a store if you don't intend on buying the item, and ask the guy the price, because again, as we'll see, he's assuming you're going to buy it, and then you're 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 wrong, wronging him. It can cause him anguish. We'll see why. What the reasons are. Another, the Talmud goes on to explain, if donkey drivers, another case, are in search of work, are seeking grain. So they need to, they're a trucking company, they're looking for people to take their, you know, their, their business is slow at some time. So and they're asking around for business. So you tell them, go to so-and-so, he sells grain, probably needs a shipper. But you know this guy, first of all, he doesn't sell grain. He probably hasn't shipped in years, he only does local. And you just want to, you know, give the guy, make him feel good. So he says, that's also, that's a violation. If you know this person has no grain, you can't. You know, many times it happens. Uh, the rabbis, you know, someone comes and you feel bad for them. Guy saying, "Do you know anyone who, uh, who <coughs> wants to sell their house? If you sell them to this, send them to this guy." If you're doing that, it's just going to cause them. What are you making the guy crazy for? That's a violation of this too. Yeah. Yehuda says, he says a person should not even eye merchandise when he doesn't have the money to buy it. If you go into a store and you really, you, you don't have no intention of buying something, you don't have the money to buy it even, and you go in and you're just looking around because you, you know, case one day uh, I win the lottery. Right. So, so that he says that's the problem of this also again because you're conveying this false impression that you're gonna buy something. You walk into the store. This guy thinks he has a potential customer, or like he said, maybe he's on commission. And now you know you you have no there's no chance you're even gonna buy this. Okay, we'll see. Again, we're gonna talk about the exceptions and you're dealing with huge corporations or Walmart <coughs> couldn't care less whether you buy it or not. So we'll talk about all that in a second. But this is the things. This is talking about your standard store. He says, for that matter, it depends on a person's intent. There's another important thing. Why does the Torah mention, if you look back at the verse, verse 17, the Torah says, 
um, and you shall fear your God. What does fear of God have to do with this? What does fearing God have to do with um, why, why all of a sudden here? Every, every mitzvah is because you fear God. So why specifically here does it mention, and you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord. So the Gemara here says a beautiful principle um, where it says like this. So the principle is, where do you find the statement in Torah of fearing God? specifically when it has to do with intent because when someone oh. any mitzvah that's dependent on, on your intent I mean it's only in your heart you're the only one knows if I walk into a store I'm the only one knows when I'm buying or not this guy does not going to know and I'm the only one who knows what's going on in my heart if I say something to someone where so some things some sins are clear you did, you did this action you violated the sin this sin is the same action I'm walking into Best Buy. Sometimes I can walk in with the intent to buy. Sometimes I'm walking with the intent not to buy. I'm the only one who knows. So no one knows. So God says, yeah, but I know. You might be looking good. You're on the surface. No one else is going to know whether you did something wrong. But I, God says, fear, fear your God. For I'm the Lord. Meaning, so God knows what's in your heart. So whenever you have a mitzvah, or actually an avera, sin, that is dependent on intent, that's when these words are used. Anytime you see this in the Torah, it's usually that's where it's applicable. Um, God says, fear your Lord because I know what's going on in your heart. Okay, so that's what the Gemara says here. For the matter depends on a person's intent, and concerning any matter that depends on a person's intent, it is stated, and you shall fear your God. Okay, so that's just a nice principle to be aware of. And it's also, that's actually why the Rambam, the says that it's the second you think, like, which is wrong, which is worse, if I rip someone off, right, monetarily, or if I cause them anguish with words. So the Ram says, you see that the fact that it says on the second one, only on the second verse does it say, fear your Lord, fear your God. That's worse. Causing someone anguish is worse than stealing money from them in a certain sense, or at least ripping them off, not stealing money. Stealing money is also anguish. But I'm saying if you charge someone a six more, what we're saying is this is worse. The second violation, the second onas dvarim is worse than onas mama. Okay, which is kind of interesting, interesting concept. From the standpoint of the standpoint that... The, per, the person receiving harm doesn't maybe not know it. No, well, both. Uh, uh, no, this, the first one doesn't know it. If I rip you off, I charge you six more. You might never know that I charge you six more than going. I think the reason is because we're saying is anguish causing someone anguish is worse than taking their monetary value. If I lose, you know, my car, okay, so it's my car, it's not me. If I cause someone anguish, that's the battle. That's themselves. You're 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 hurting their soul, so to speak. <coughs> It's in their essence. If I call someone, I say something, a nasty remark to someone. So in essence, you know, I, you, know you steal from someone, okay, he took his wallet. He doesn't have his wallet anymore. He himself is not missing anything. If I embarrass someone in public or I say, even, by the way, the Gemara, in this same Gemara, talks about how you have to be careful even arguing with your wife. It might be a violation of this sometimes. So, so, so. With the wife, uh, Brian, <laughs> really? is it awareness that matters or not? Because you may not be aware of the sixth overcharge. Right. So I'm saying. Shaming you, obviously, you're aware. Is that the key point? Well, no, it could be. But I'm saying there's more to it. What I'm saying is, whenever you're stealing money from someone, you're not. Money is something outside for most people. It's outside of them. It's not them. Money is not the person. Took, you know, your car. I stole your car. So you're missing your car now, but you're you're still whole. Right. But I'm saying, if I cause you anguish, that's you. It's not your money. That's the difference. That's why I'm saying. You can't put your finger on it. Also, that that then goes right back to all the, the seriousness of the laws of Lashon Hara. Yeah, because it, because it, it hurts it hurt. a person exactly. and you can't, you know, it's you also can't hard to put retract. a value on that. Right, if I steal your money, I can 
you know, I can pay it back. Yeah. So I repent, so I give yeah, it back the money. If I cause you anguish, there's nothing I can do to fix that. There's nothing I can do to fix that. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw the interviews with Dark Mattel, right? <laughs> yes, a lot of them had a... What you say, Mad- Madoff? Yeah, once, you know, Victor also talked about getting into financial difficulties. At the same time, a lot of them felt used. That's beyond, that's not the money issue. That's also, you can, that can occur when you're getting over. Okay, yes, no, there's no question. But I'm saying it wasn't. The question is, well, did I did I cause, did I mean to insult you? So maybe it is what you're saying with the intent. Listen, money is money. <coughs> business is business. There's business, and then there's causing you personal harm. Two different things. You know, ripping someone off is uh, some businesses that's part of the business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perhaps if someone shamed you, it's almost. Unless you're a very good person, it's very hard to get over that. Right. Versus, right, so yeah. there's a material item. Right, here. material item you can Forget replace. <coughs> Listen, there's no question. It's People's lives were devastated yeah. by NATO. No question about it. But I'm saying it's still, it's outwardly. You, know, you move on. You lost your 401k. Okay, you got to find a new thing. You got to find something else. It's not it. I'm not putting it down. I'm not yeah. making light of it. But I'm saying it's it's different than if someone, you know, hurts you personally. NATO didn't mean to, you know, the intent wasn't to hurt the person. And was to make money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so so just to get down to some of the nitty gritty here. Um, so I found four different reasons maybe as to why what the problem is um, with this statement of let's say someone one should not say to someone how much is that item if he doesn't intend to buy. So first of all, I found that uh, one commentary of Lazarus admits he says even if you with a bodily gesture sometimes. Well, you don't even have to say something. If I walk into a store, the body language anytime says it all. Sometimes they'll come out, you know, sometimes, at least depending on how you look, also how you dress, so certain stores, the salesman won't even come over to you. They know you're just here. <laughs> right, if I walk into, you know, I don't know, Bar- you know Barney's in uh, some custom-made suit store, the guy knows I'm just, I'm not here to buy. Right. So they'll know, you know, depending on the store, you know, if you go to some upper-class stores, they know you just come in and look. Right. Um, Are you still on Jew on Jew? Or is that just so, again, so it's interesting. The, the Pasik does use the language Jew, your fellow Jew. So, but um, I'm not sure. How, so I, don't, I don't know the answer to that. If that's practical, does it mean specifically a Jew? Because I know the first halacha of not charging more than six of the going rate is specifically to fellow Jew. I'm not sure about the second one, language. So now we're on the back, now we're on the back page. It says like this, so, so again, even though so body language, he says even if you, your body language implies you're buying, that's also a problem. You have to be careful. Let's say don't say anything. Just walk into the store, I'm walking around. Um, so, so depending on the body, meaning many times, especially with husbands, this happens. Your wife is shopping, you, know, you, you know, you're know you in the store, listen, it's air conditioning. So you go and you start <laughs> looking. But you know you have no intent to buy anything. Right? So is that a problem? So again, you know, just wandering around the store. Again, we'll talk about it. Today, I think it's become the norm. Many stores, in, like JCPenney, you know, these big department stores, I don't think this is applicable. Talking about in a smaller mom and pop shop, where, you, mm-hmm. or like he's saying, where they're working on commission, where they're specifically coming and asking about a product, that's where it can be a problem. Um, but but that's, I mean, if you go to the mall, all right, let's take away from the big stores, but <coughs> you know, they're, they're going to decorate their window to entice people to walk in. And hopefully, even to a certain extent, even maybe into an expensive store, uh, a higher-end store, wouldn't. they might want to 
entice, especially a woman, you might want to entice them for, for an uh, impulse purchase. Yes, yeah, so 100%. So, I mean, so that's normal. That's Again, if, <coughs> let's say, first of all, let's say, for example, you're going had no to the intent stores. to go in. Yeah, speaking. but I'm saying that it's not that you're going in with no intent to buy. You might buy you. That's, you know, they're not sure. You're not saying, um, what I'm talking about is the case. Showroom means specifically where I know I'm buying this on Amazon. I already checked out the prices. I know what it costs in Best Buy. I'm not buying it. I just want to. That's a, that's I just want to see the item. That's different. So if you're just going, the, yeah, you walk around the mall, you might buy something, you might not. That's that's normal. That's what any customer is what business is about. The mall, you're right. They they set things up to get you into the store. So you might buy something, 100. percent Listen, you know, uh, let's say the they just read these the Israelis. You know, they just sell this Dead Sea stuff. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe they just uh, in New Zealand. They rest like it's just the power of persuasion. That's how they work. They, yeah. These guys are good at sales. They just uh, they arrested an Israeli who had him selling redis you know what I'm talking about? They sold they sold to one elderly woman something like eighty two thousand dollars worth of like Dead Sea <laughs> stuff. This one woman bought it and they to buy it. they took her to they went with her to their ATM. It wasn't like forcibly. They convinced her she needs it and she you know, They took advantage of her. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm saying if you're good at sales, listen, there's nothing it's nothing yeah. wrong. I mean listen, obviously if <laughs> <laughs> no. I, was, I was thinking it was a young man, maybe because of, you know, attractive young Israeli girl, but an old lady that got money. Yeah, no, yeah she's probably seen her like that. Uh, it was like multiple visits. Every time she comes to the mall, like they go to ATM, get her to buy five thousand dollars worth of product, like tell her son, like realize what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so I'm saying if you, there's nothing wrong again. Obviously, walk around the mall because I'm bored on Sundays, teenagers. That's fine. When I mean, you're wife shopping, you're walking around. So that's not it's normal. You might buy something. I'm talking. The question is, where you know clearly, I have no intent on buying. That's where it becomes an issue. So, so a few of the reasons given that I found is one is um, on the back here. It says by standing next to an item, you can dis <coughs> discourage other potential buyers. That's what the Rosh Bam says. Um, he was a grandson of Rashi. He comments. He says that you know, if you are standing around something, so the guy says, oh, because they had taken it. Again, we're talking about in a mom and pop little store, antique store, there's only one item. This one of this item. So by you standing there and you're asking about it, so the next time comes in, he says, okay, that's taking it, he's not going to buy it. So that's an issue, then it already becomes more than um, anguish. It's just you're causing this guy a loss of money, to a certain extent. Um, now, it's interesting, Chavetz Chaim, in, his, in one of his books, he writes that it's not clear, meaning if you look back, um, there's a quote here, it says, Rabbi Yehuda, in paragraph number two, it says, Rabbi Yehuda says, person should not even eye merchandise when he doesn't have the money to buy it. So is he saying the same thing as the Mishnah? Meaning that you have no intent to buy something, you shouldn't buy it? What happens, I mean, there's two ways to understand Rabbi Yehuda. What happens if you, I do have intent to buy, right now I'm short on cash. Okay? I have no intent to buy it now, today when I'm asking about it, but when I get my paycheck, <coughs> you know, I'm going to buy it. Or I, or I could buy it then. It's not like I have no intent, I'm not, it's not like the case where I'm buying it on Amazon. For sure, I'm not buying it from this guy. I plan on buying this item. I'm just not sure if... I, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure I'm going to buy it, but I have no money now. So is it you saying that you still can't buy it? You still can't go to the store? Because you're not buying it now. This guy thinks he's going to do a sale today. Is that a problem? So Chavetz Chaim says that he said it's really one and the same, and it's just an ethical problem. There's no real violation. It's, not, it's considered a nice thing. It's more of a, what we call a flimishur that it above and beyond the letter of the law. According to the letter of the law, of course, you can do that. He, um, he says it's, it's not ethical, it's not the proper thing to do. 
Okay, that's how the Chafetz Chaim understands this. It's really not a law, because this, by the way, this law is not specifically codified in the Shulchan Aruch, as far as Rebuta's statement is not. It doesn't say anywhere a person should not even eye merchandise when you don't have the money to buy. So the Chafetz Chaim understands it's not codified because it's only a nice ethical principle, a nice uh, ideal, a nice platitude, but it's not something that's officially prohibited. Okay, the other reasons given, by the way, I saw specifically also, so they discuss, uh, this book discusses explicitly, says, if you're going shopping to, to, for the best price, that you're allowed to do too. Meaning, if you have intent to buy, but I'm going from store to store to see who has the best price, of course you're allowed to do it. That's the normal way of uh, business. Right? You're allowed to go. I'm not saying you can't go shopping. Uh, where you, every time you walk into the store, you have to buy something. Of course not. I'm allowed to go to the store, price it out, go to the next store, price it out. There's nothing wrong. I'm allowed to go online and price it out. I'm allowed to go shopping. I can walk in the Best Buy and ask them to look at the products and then go online and see if I can find the cheaper. We're not saying you have to buy, buy in the store. If you find the cheaper, of course, that's the normal way of doing business. Again, it's, it's going into the store knowing for sure I'm not going to buy it. That's where it's a problem. Okay, another thing he says, it's what's called Ganevata. Discussed this in the past. Um, this is the rival says that Ganevata uh, is conveying a false impression. If I go... Uh, if I walk into a store and I tell the guy I'm asking about the item and how it works, whatever is a refrigerator or uh, iPad or whatever it is, laptop. So I'm I'm conveying to him the assumption is he assumes I'm here to buy it. Whether I'm gonna buy it or not, it's irrelevant. But at least I'm seriously interested in buying it. If I know going in that there's no way I'm really not buying this, I'm buying it online on Amazon. So then you're conveying a false impression. So which is another type of stealing, not stealing again, monetary stealing. Stealing his mind, so to speak, conveying a false impression. Now, the, the types of damage, so the, the, the Eerie says there are two types of damage that can come out of it. One is he says by inquiring and not buying, one gives the impression to other potential buyers that the item is not worth the price. So, many, many times they'll have this, you know, on a Sunday, it's a busy day in the store, and everyone's, you know, you're around this one product and there's a camera, whatever it is, and, you know, you're asking all these questions, and then you just walk away and say, yeah, not for me. So, there's some other guy, you know, a teenager standing there. He assumes, listen, it must be his reason. He thinks it's not, it's not worth the, it's not worth the value. So, you, so that's one thing you can convey to other potential customers that it's not worth the value. So again, that's causing him financial harm. It's not just how he's explained that it's not just emotional harm; it's actually financial. Number two, he says, is um, unnecessary burden and anguish to the seller. Like we said before, uh, meaning it's two parts. So this is very important that even let's say in a case in a place like Walmart or Best Buy. So you can say, listen, the guy couldn't care less whether you buy it or not. He's an employee. So it doesn't bother him, right? Whether he, they're not working on commission, Walmart for sure. I mean, they're brain dead. They don't, couldn't care less. They don't know, right? If, uh, you know, they wouldn't know if you bought it or not. Right? The guy, they don't know what the item is. Right? <laughs> so it's irrelevant. But the point is still, the, the, the point is that you still have, he's, according to this, the Miri, he's saying is, it's a burden. Meaning if I'm Mr. Walmart, what's his name? Sam, Sam Walton, So, so the point is, I'm using up his employees' time. If I'm coming in, I know I'm buying this item online <coughs> at Amazon, but I just want to try it out. So I asked him to see the phone, and I start playing with it and pressing all the buttons. I just uh, I want to make sure, you know, get the feel for it before I buy it online. So I'm wasting his employees' time. It's it's the burden on the employer. So this guy might not couldn't care less. You're right. This this employee couldn't care less if I'm buying the item, but the owner of Best Buy. I, I just wasted a half hour of his employee's time. That this guy could have been stocking shelves or dealing with a customer or a potential buyer. 
Okay, so that's also a problem. Miri says, so it's the burden, um, unnecessary burden on the seller. So you're right, the employee many times in these stores couldn't care less. But it's the seller who just wasted a half hour of his employee's time that he's paying him $6 an hour. Mm-hmm. What if I'm going to eat? What if I'm shopping for a phone? Phone? Phone. It's obviously mm-hmm. here, you have to get the phone service to go with it. So I'm shopping for phone service. And I go to AT&T and I'm getting a whole spiel about the service, right? All the different aspects of it, and at the same time shopping for a phone. But in my mind, I know I'm going to get that phone probably cheaper on Amazon. Service, I have to get through AT&T. I have to sign up for AT&T anyway. But the phone, I don't necessarily you have can to. Buy the, you can know, unlock the phone and go to at and Well, you can go on Amazon and buy it and get the service at the same time. You can use AT&T. Is there any chance you're going to use AT&T for your service? A- service, yes. Um, Not necessarily by the phone. Thing. Okay. So I'm saying, again, there's, they can make money off, off, the, trans- off, off, off the, 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 the greater right. transaction. Yeah. So. Right. So it's the same thing. Of course, listen, many times if you're going, going to Best Buy, but I'm buying online at Best Buy, then it's the same pack. It's not too... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question, Rabbi. What if you, though, go into a store, and I've done this you know, on occasion, when you know that you're, you're wanting to find out about something, but you state to the owner of the shop or the person you're dealing with, well, you know, I'm not going to buy this today, but I need to oh, ask so this question. Clear. I mean, that absolves right, so you all the yeah, rest of this, yeah, doesn't 100%. it? Yes, 100%. If you that's the way to get very clearly, it. listen, yeah. I don't plan on buying it, or at least not today. Not today, but, you know, you know I want to ask you a couple questions right. or something. And, so that's, up, that's their prerogative, and you're not doing, there's nothing unethical about it. I, t- I told you I had that story I had on a date. I am sure I said it here many times in the past, I was on a date. And I used to, I'm a cheap guy, so I took her uh, to Ikea, we went to Ikea on a date. And <laughs> you I, went where? Ikea. Oh, Ikea. For, uh, for your date? One of the days, no, because I, my, in Orthodox dating, you know, you... Oh, that's right, you have to go to public every day after No, no, but I'm saying also you, you want to, it is to get to know the person. So my idea was Ikea, you get to see the personality, taste the furniture, uh-huh. it's very, it's a cheap date, I sell food there, sit down on nice couches, relax. And you get to see a lot about the person. You right. taste in French. Very important in the marriage. Have some kosher stuff. Pretzels. Um, so, so, uh, so, the, so I took this girl in Baltimore. So she's very religious. So she knew this. I didn't even know. I don't think I knew about this. So we walk in. I said, we're going back here. You know, walk around. She said, what do you mean? It says, you know, I'll go. If you don't intend to buy, and I'll go to the store. Yeah. It was over at that point. It was, <laughs> yeah, you didn't have another date with that girl, did you? <laughs> it was over, but uh, so I, I was like so angry. I was there, so I so I just I went over to the nearest associate and I said, "Listen, we're here, just here on a date. We have no intent of buying. Do you mind if we sit on the couches?" So fine. Yeah. So, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't big. It was okay. So so again. So yes. Yeah, in Zoriaki as well. I don't think I took it. Yeah, that's, that's why maybe she won. <laughs> so, uh, but any, in any case, so so the point is, if you state that explicitly, yeah. then there's no problem. There's yeah. no problem. Well, that's obviously. the way to get around this. Right. Yeah, obviously. 100%. Anyway, I'm saying most people, I don't think, have the guts. Let's say you walk in the best way and say, buy it on Amazon. I just want to try it out. Like you could do that. I mean, I'm sure they probably wouldn't care to give it to you anyway. No, you still have a theft of time issue. You know, even right, if you so potentially, right. The so question is, does the, the employee have the right to give you, to give up his time to say, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning, is, is, is it, does the employee have the right to do that? 
That's the question. Did you come in and say, I have no intent of buying this at this one? Right. Right. I'm going to go buy it online. Right. You're still, he says, okay, no problem. If mm -hmm. I'm an employee, mm -hmm. you right. still have a right to, to take it. Right. So, no, I'm Probably saying, so not. the question is really, does the employee have a right to give up his time? I'm, I'm assuming that, see, like he said before, what's interesting today is many retailers, have, they understand the strategy, and therefore they, they, once you're in the state, be happier for you to come to the store. As long as you're in the store, yeah. in certain sense, they want you to be there. Mm -hmm. um, because they think, listen, once you're there, you might, even though you're not buying, let's say, the iPad, you might buy the accessory, yeah. you might buy the cover once you're there for the iPad, you know, you're going to buy something mm -hmm. else. Or you'll see something else, they're hoping you might see a big screen TV and, and do an impulse buy or right. something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you, it needs, it's true, to, I think today the mindset is changing, which is really, this Wall Street Journal article saying that, their goal is Walmart is to get you in the store, so they'll offer. Why they offer free shipping? Meaning, mm -hmm. pick it up, pick up in the store because they think once you're in the store, you're gonna buy something else. Right. So, so this whole new psychology today, which obviously didn't work in mom and pop stores, the concept didn't exist. Then. They didn't have these huge uh, box stores. Then. That's like Barnes and Noble. Right, Barnes and Noble's watch exactly. Right, that's a typical you know, classical example of a store. They don't, they know you're not, you can say, I'm not coming, I used to go there on dates too. <laughs> so, you know, you're not coming to, uh, to buy, but you can read whatever you want. Right? Because they, then their hope is you're going to pick up something and see something you so, so, it's interesting, today, with the new psychology, how does this work? <coughs> Meaning, how does, yeah, I don't know if they exist. Yeah. But the point is, it's a, so that's my question. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten a chance to call any big ethicists about this. Meaning, how does today, with this whole new psychology of showrooming, where the, the retailers are aware of it and they want to still want to get you into the store? So maybe, again, it, it, this halach has changed um, in that sense. Because if it's, if it's clear that that's the norm today, that people are going to stores just to, just to showroom, which seems like it is, it's becoming the norm, so then. Maybe the retailers like we're saying, they want you in there anyway, just get them in the store, you know, lock the door, get you in and, and hopefully you buy something else, at least an accessory. So But the law is the law, so then what you need to do is say that you're not <coughs> going to buy it. Yeah, okay, that's for sure we'll take it. Yeah. What I'm saying is just like like he's saying, for I mean, example, going into stores where I'm going to to around to look to see for the cheapest price. Of yeah, course yeah. I mean, that that shop, becomes yeah. the normal way of doing business. Then, then there's no anguish. I mean, the anguish is, meaning, let's say you're dealing with this jewelry store, you know, mom and pop jewelry store. You go well, in, and you have no plans of buying, and the guy thinks, you know, oh, I got a thousand dollar sale, seven dollar sale, and then you, you, you have no intent to buy. That's you're causing anguish to the to the shop. <coughs> but in, in most cases today, in big box stores, that's not the case. So the question is, you know, do we have to see how this applies? So I put down here. Um, so, for example, I put down some practical applications. Look at five. So it says purchasing the item online in front of store employees. So that's already anguish. Like where you walk in the store, and I've seen this. Um, you know, the guy, you, you, you know, you walk in to check it. There's this, one of these, uh, you know, hoot or woot, I know this. They have these like six hour sales online. Right? But you don't want to buy it. It's a laptop, it's an expensive item. I've done this. So it's a six hours, you know, they're selling this laptop for $300 off, you know, normal price. But you want to try it out before you buy it. You don't want to just order it online and get stuck with it. So you go to Best Buy for that same laptop, you look at it, you try, you know, you press the button, and while you're in the store, you have your tablet with you and you buy it, you know, online. The guy standing, <laughs> this employee who just spent 20 minutes showing you the item, a half hour, you know, servicing you, and you, in front of his face, you, you get, literally get on your tablet 
and buy the item. So that is what I wrote here is at least a violation of DNA. Um, meaning, first of all, the seller will be heard when he realizes what happened. And it's an unnecessary burden. You spent 20 minutes with this guy, he realizes, like, just wasted his time with you for no reason. Um, right, another thing is when you clearly ask a sales associate for help. You walk into the store. So it's one thing walking to Best Buy, just looking around, you know, and the guy says, you know, can I help you? And you say, no, uh, you know, no, thank you. Because you know you just want to see the item. You don't need his help. You see it, you see it there. So, so that's different. But if you ask the sales associate for help, again, you have no intent to buy, so that's probably a violation according to A and D. Um, first of all, maybe A, where you have, you know, discouraging other buyers. But for sure, D, where uh, clearly um, you know, it's unnecessary burden and anguish to the seller. Okay, trying out the item um, without intent to buy from that store. So it's the same as above, meaning if I walk into a clothing store, and I'm trying on where I just want to make sure it fits before I buy it online. So it might be that same issue. Um, where you just potentially obviously think if you're trying on the item, potentially you're going to buy it. Again, unless it's some, you know, high-end item where you know, there's, they know you're not buying it depending on who you are. So, so it's the same thing. This applies also, let's say, with, with um, let's say, test-driving cars. And if I just want to try out a Maserati, <coughs> I'm going. So they might understand it, actually. Sometimes they, they actually like that also because they help. It depend, that really depends on your income. So many uh, st- uh, places like that, they'll ask you your income before. You have to schedule an appointment. Let's say I want to drive a ma- try, test drive a Maserati. So they ask you if you make anything less than $500,000 a year. <laughs> They're not going to let you test drive it because they know you have no intent to buy it. Okay, but but in a lower, you know, let's say you just want to try out a, I don't know, something in a Cadillac. So in those cases where you have no intent of buying it, that could be. Many times actually I've seen this. These, these sites will send you, Cadillac has, uh, if you try out their car, if you test drive it, they'll give you a $150 gift card to Target. So you're just going for the gift card. So it's also, that, that's a problem. Unless you tell the guy before, listen, I have no intent of buying this, like your kids. Yeah. Yeah. You go in and say, listen, I just want that $150 gift card, I don't want it. No intent to buy in cattle. Why is that? If they, so then if there's if no they publicize that, why is that an issue? As opposed to it's not publicized until you, if you walk into the dealership and then it says, oh, by the way, if you test drive this car, then I'll give you a gift card. But they're publicly putting out there on the, on the radio and yeah, advertising. It's a hundred. Well, well, again, it, because when you're much. walking into the showroom, their assumption is you, the truth is with cars, and again, you need to know each each type of business is different. Cars, I think, there's no assumption you're walking in you're going to buy. Because uh, people do that. They go to one showroom, they, you know, they go, especially today, by the way, it's standard. You go online and you get, you get mm-hmm. bids online with, before you buy a car. Then you take it to the showroom. That's the way you're supposed to buy a car. If you don't, you're <laughs> losing money. But, uh, but the point is, so the industries are changing, but depending on the industry, most, I, I think with test driving car, at least, meaning, my point is, they don't expect you to walk in and buy a car right away. But they at least think you have potential to buy. There's a chance, there's a 1% chance at least that you could buy this car. But if you're, no, in your mind, there's not even 1% chance. I don't have, you know, I haven't gotten paid in six months and I'm, I'm unemployed. I'm just, I need the gift card from Target. So that's where it's a problem. They're not asking you ahead of time, don't they? Yeah, but that's where it's a thing. They think where you're walking in there, their goal is to get people in the showroom, to love the car, and then they'll consider buying the car. But if you can't afford that car, there's no way you're ever going to buy that car, so then I think it's a violation of this. Because you're at least going to have a that. So you're giving the impression 
that you, there's a chance you can buy this car, which you can't. Can I just think, I just feel they're what? fine. You I think, finance anybody. Yeah, you can finance. Yeah, they could. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking at the standpoint. They have to know that in advance. That if you start putting out there $150 free gas for a month, all right, something that everybody, anybody can use, wealthy or poor. Have to expect oh, so you're right. So I didn't think of Brian as a valid point. Meaning, today anyone can buy a car. Um, they could convince they could convince anyone to buy a car, even if you don't have a cent to your name. So maybe you're right. There still is potential. My point is, as long as there's one, you know, there is potential for you to buy, then you can do it. But if there's zero potential, you know, that's where it becomes a problem. I think. The one that's fixated in my head, Dennis Prager talked about this one all the time. He goes to Rick's camera and you have to dispose listen I'm not going to buy this camera right off from you I just want you to teach me how to use it I'm going to buy it before you start shooting photos a huge stumbling block problem but in terms of Jews doing the right thing I have a bigger problem saying well we can go to Walmart waste even the $7 an hour employee's time because you're right you could still be stuck with shelves and the assumption is maybe you'll buy something else I mean I know the stores may generally think that but I think it's a bigger uh, I think there's a bigger problem with thinking that way because you know, we're supposed to be the righteous Jews that do things right, and I think the generation, I'm gonna sound old in saying this, of people that work for me, they're just, they have no problem with that concept of, well, that's just the way it is. You just go buy it from somebody else. It's cheaper, duh, capitalism. No, the guy that runs the store pays rent, just like Walmart pays rent. And I mean, it, it kills me, because it means like stealing music, right? No problem. Oh, but what if you went and told your favorite artist that you didn't pay for his, well, that's different. Everybody, does, you know, there's just that. Uh, no, so there's no concept. The new generation that grew up on the internet, for sure, there's no this concept doesn't exist. Yeah, but they haven't that's heard, why like, they're Jewish and they. Right, they don't know. And, most yeah. people don't know this stuff. I mean, right. It's that's what I'm saying. It's becoming the norm to shop this. Way. <coughs> right. Listen, I do it also. When you shop online, you see the price, then you go to Best Buy. You know, that's the way you do it. That's not becoming the norm. You're right. We have to realize there are ethical issues, and then. You have to teach our kids, yeah. Time. Yeah, but yeah, wasting some of time did, conveying the but, you, but okay, if you go to, if you bring your research with you, as opposed to, all right, going to Best Buy first, and now I'm going to sit there and start researching and go buy somewhere else. Yeah, good point. At least you're giving, by going to research first, like I said, you can shop anywhere you want. You're doing your research first. Yeah, yeah. And also you might be giving them the opportunity to match it. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, if I'm going in thinking, listen, if they offer me the same, I'm going to show them what I got online, Amazon, if they match it, they or if that's the you know price, that's great. Then that's fine. You're not doing anything wrong because there, you, there is potential for you to buy. We're not saying you have to buy an item to walk to the store. No, no, no. What we're saying is you, if you know you're not going to buy it, that's where it becomes a problem dealing mm -hmm. with the sales, asking them to see the item. I mean, the general assumption is it's going to be cheaper on the internet because they don't have the text every cost. You can yeah. say that and trick yourself. For no, times, but I'm saying, but, but sometimes they'll have. Let me go to the store and educate first, and then go shop. You're always going to find them. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Majority of the time. No, I'm saying because there'll be sales. Have, you know, sometimes there'll be sales. Plus, sometimes you want the service, or you want the warranty. Let's say Costco. Yeah. You yeah. want the warranty. You want their service. Costco right. has great uh, return policy. So I might pay, you know, fifty. Like I'll have in my mind, if it's only fifty dollars more at Costco, it's worth it's worth buying at a Costco because I'll have this return policy for seven years. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so then, so then, something. but if it's more than fifty dollars, I'm not going to buy it there. So that's fine. I'm walking to the store, mm -hmm. potential to buy. I'm going to look at the stuff they have at Costco, even though I know I can get it cheaper online because I well, want the service. You go to the massage chair, <coughs> and the lady spends all day teaching you about the chair and the functions and the thing, and then you're like, "Well, I'll just go see if it's cheaper." Than it's already you can go see it's cheaper. There's nothing yeah, wrong with seeing it's minds, cheaper. Like the problem is if you know it's cheaper before, and I'm walking in just to see it. 
that's the problem. I can go look for cheaper online. That's fine. There's nothing. I'm like you said. I'm a, yeah. That's not a. That's not an issue. That's comparison shopping. Yeah, I'm a lot of comparison shopping. You probably cheaper route. That's a bad example because you probably didn't know you're going to buy a software when you walk in there. You know you're going to buy a camera. It's a perfect example. Right, but I'm saying I still listen. There's, there's also sometimes you want the service because you want to be able to come back in and show they show you how to use it or whatever the case is. Let's say you know many stores do offer a service that you can't get online. Because I know if I'm buying something on one of these Woot sites, if something's wrong with it, I'm never going to be able to return it. So I don't want to, you know, and I'm buying a $600 item, I don't want to be stuck with it. So I'm going to go to Best Buy, even though I'm spending, you know, $50 more, it might be worth it. So that's another thing which I think retailers are realizing that they have to offer something which you can't get online. People understand that. So you're right, on smaller items, it's not going to make a difference. <coughs> People buy their groceries online, I mean, it's unbelievable. And buy uh, granola bars online. Yeah. Well, you can get groceries online today, ship straight to your day later. Everything. I mean, cheaper and cheaper. Ruben's shopping for a cheaper robot. That's right. Cheaper. Just got a There's a lot of uh, other ethical <laughs> issues which we didn't get to. But this one, I think, like you're saying, the younger generation has no concept of ethics today, of like shopping online. You know, it's just like wherever I get the best deal, that's what I'm going to do. And the return things, I mean, people take advantage of the return policies we spoke about also, that's a whole, whole different uh, issue. Uh, you know, sometimes people in the older generation don't know about this either, because I worked with a man, a Jewish guy, a few years ago, who told me one time that his mother would um, go shopping and then she'd go into a store while she was waiting for the bus and she'd be have the salesman in the, in the store bringing her shoes to try on. She had no intention of buying shoes. And then she'd say, oh, no, no. well, which one would you like, ma'am? Well, I'm not going to buy anything. I'm just waiting for the bus. What was she trying it up? Just to waste time. Just stupid. I mean, it's just awful. There was no chance that she She wasn't going to buy anything. She was just killing time in the store because it was more convenient to be inside than outside while she was waiting, you know, for the bus stop. The bus stop. No, and also, again, that's, that's what terrible. gets to the question of impulse buying. They might be fine with that if there's a chance, you know, she might really like to pair of shoes and buy. They wanted to be another bus stop for a reason. <coughs> anyway, it's, it's uh, a... She had no... She had no it's not easy no being intent. ethical. Fine. It was just... Wasted somebody's time. Mark, so quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, price glitch is another thing. It's, it's very hard if you see a good deal. It's a mistake. You're not to, not to take advantage of it. Even though you know it's a mistake. To me, it's like not returning the correct change. You know? well, wait, a second. Oh, wait a second. What did you just say? Good, no, sometimes there's price glitches online. So what about and you know it's oh, a price you, you talked about this before with yeah. the with the airline tickets, yeah. LL that so time. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but L, okay, so, <coughs> so would it be a different rule between Con if you did if United had one or LL had one? You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethics Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j-ethics.org. Shalom.